Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. You're listening to Rob McConnell in the X-Zone on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzoneradio.com. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exxon on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to give us a call, our toll-free number is 1-877-528-8255. Now, that's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at 1-877-528-8255. My email address, exxon at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com, and our websites, www.xzoneradio.com and www.xzonetv.com. My guest this hour is John Vasquez, and we're going to be talking about his book, and it's a very interesting book. It's called Incident at Fort Benning. Now, in September 1977, during the Joint Attack Weapons System Test, known as JAWS, at Fort Benning, Georgia, the entire base witnessed a UFO invasion. As many as 1,300 troops were involved in the event, most were left with severe psychological trauma and missing time gaps. John Vasquez was courageous enough to undergo counseling, regression therapy, and hypnosis. After 15 years of personal research, John and co-author Bruce Stephen Holmes present the story along with plenty of government documentation. Readers of this book are asked to enter this experience with an open mind after re- and after reviewing the official documents and scrutinizing the appendix, make up your own mind regarding the, in- the incident at Fort Benning. Joining me now is the author, John Vesquez. And John, welcome to the X-Zone. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. How's John, everybody doing? Oh, we're just doing fine. Thanks very much uh, for taking time out of your busy day to join us here tonight, John. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, actually, I'm, I'm I'm retired now, and uh, I'm just taking it easy. <laughs> I'm watching TV a lot and going out and eating. <laughs> now, tell, tell, tell me, what were you doing during the time of the incident at Fort Benning? 
Well, I, I just first got there at Fort Benning uh, on a um, AIT training. It's uh, advanced infantry training. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different from basic. Um, basic and AIT. Uh, the only hard part on AIT is, uh, I think it's hand-to-hand combat. You got to learn that real quick. And uh, the rest is marching as the same thing and uh, running five miles a day every morning. So, yeah, it's just uh, like normal routine procedure. Now, how long had you been in the uh, the Army before going to Fort Benning? Well, I was with the National Guard first. Right. And uh, went to Fort Leonard with Missouri. Came back and went to, uh, I think it was Fort Irwin, California, with uh, desert training. They call it Red Flag. And uh, I told the major there, listen, I want to go to RA, regular Army, and he okayed that, and I went to Fort Benning from there. John, we have to take a commercial break shortly, but when we come back from the commercial, I'd like you to take us through the events in that on the September day in 1997, mm-hmm. where there was this, yeah. this event that involved 1,300 troops. Yes, I know it sounds really... Uh Unusual 1,300 men being uh, abducted, and it sounds really wild and bizarre, but, uh, you know, I keep looking back at it every time when I talk about this, and and there's so much evidence involved with this, and the people I've talked to who was also there at the time, and, you know, it's a long story, but I'll make it as briefly as possible. And let's get to the facts of what's going on. All right. You and I are going to the commercial break. Please stand by, John. John Vasquez is our special guest this hour. He is the co-author of Incident at Fort Benning. He authored this book with Bruce Stephen Holmes. If you'd like to give us a call and ask John any questions pertaining to the incident at Fort Benning, our toll free number is one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. That's one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. And we will be back on the other side of this commercial break with the uh, from our fine sponsors talking about the incident at Fort Benning, live and around the world with John Vasquez on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away, Exonation. We'll be back right after this break. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. doctor's power and his ancient tribal ways cruelly collide with the force and authority of modern Africa. Africa is viewed through myriad eyes. You will never forget these characters. A young girl forced to endure a painful, cruel, and antiquated tribal custom. The sole survivor of a vicious tribal massacre. A nun who endures physical assault that compels her to question her faith. A deprived, disadvantaged schoolgirl who is infected with HIV. The translucent soul of a murdered friend. Welcome to Africa's Unfinished Symphony. While the tale of South Africa in the wake of World War II is riveting, violent, and cruel, it is also brimming with stories of kindness, compassion, and courage. Africa's Unfinished Symphony highlights commanding characters who not only bring haunting racial clashes to life, but also convey the intense conflicts that existed between archaic customs and modern influences. You will be captivated as you follow the convoluted path of Farida of the ancients battling to become Bertha of the modern world. But are the outcomes of her struggle the best results for her and her beloved Africa? Africa's Unfinished Symphony will immerse you in historic African themes that will jolt you out of complacency and into compassion. For more information on how you can get your very own copy of Africa's Unfinished Symphony, visit www.luciaman.com. That's www.luciaman.com. Him a drink before he went home to her. 
Johnny Wolow said hello. And he said, hi, what's doing? Whoa, said, sit down, I got some bad news, it's gonna hurt. Said, I'm your best friend, and you know that's right. But your young bride ain't home tonight. Since she's been gone, she's been seeing that Amos boy, said. Well, he got mad, and he saw red. And Andy said, boy, don't you lose your head. Cause to tell you the truth, I've been with her myself. Welcome back, uh, Explanation. We're talking about an event at Fort Benning in Georgia tonight. Joining me is John Vasquez. And, uh, John, I was wondering if you could tell us, take us to what happened that day in September at Fort Benning. Well, uh, I guess this, this, um, you know what, I'm, I'm going to have to ask everybody to kind of sit down, relax, and uh, get ready for a real roller coaster ride. Okay. And uh, you got to imagine this in your mind, put this into your mind, and uh, make a picture out of it so you can see it's like a motion picture. And uh, what happened to us is uh, that uh, around 7.30, one of our drill sergeants, our sergeant, came out to each and every barracks and told us that, uh, well, we're going to have a mandatory formation at 7.30 evening. And sure enough, he came around about 7.30, and everybody walked out to the, this, this, this uh, playing field. It's a wide playing field kind of um, area. And uh, uh, there's Alpha, Bravo, Charlie Company, and Delta Company. And each company consists of 300 men. Then you gotta, uh, you got to consider uh, uh, the company commander, the supply crew, uh, kitchen crew. They're talking about 1,300 people out there mm-hmm. in this mandatory formation. And you've got to be out there. Or you're considered AWOL, which is AWOL. And um, when we got out there, we just stood out there for about, uh, oh, maybe, oh, I see about, gosh, about uh, from 7.30 to 8.10. And during that time frame there, uh, everybody got talking to each other and, uh, you know, make small talk. And, and um, I don't know, about, I think it was 8, 8.05 when someone in front of us um well, this tall guy in front of me uh, said something like, uh, what is that? You know, and I didn't pay no attention at all because I didn't know what he was talking about. And uh, a few seconds later, he said it again. He goes, what is that? So my curiosity, curiosity got the best of me. So I kind of looked, and uh, the guy, um, I don't know, he was staring at the right side of the sky. And I said, what is it? You know, I don't see any but stars out there. And he kind of turned his head around, and he says, watch that one star to the right. So I did. I looked at the star for a few minutes, maybe eight seconds, and the star moved. Now, I'm thinking, you know, stars don't move. Mm-hmm. Uh, they stay stationary. And the way it moves like this. Uh, imagine you got a ice cube in your hand, and you place it on a floor that's stainless steel, and you push the ice cube across the floor, yeah. and it kind of slowly slides across like a smooth object. Well, this is what the star did. It just smoothly went across the sky. And uh, I told myself, I don't know what that is, but I don't know what that's kind of strange-looking star. And it stopped. It went away, came back, it stopped again, and moved the same way it did again across the sky. And it stopped again. It went away and came back. And moved again. And by this time, one of the drill sergeants is asking me, who do you think that is, Vasquez? And I go, I don't know, satellite? Back in 77, I heard a lot of satellite stories, you know? Yeah, that would have made sense. And uh, that's what my response was, a satellite. And um, by then, um, another drill sergeant was telling us to stand at attention because our company commander was stepping away and, uh, from his building and walking up and onto this uh, podium and to make a speech about a training course for the next six to eight weeks, and we're listening to him speak. And uh, I kind of looked up to see where this thing went. It was gone. The star was gone. I don't know where it went. So I started uh, started listening to uh, the captain making a speech, and I don't know, it was about, what, a minute or two? I hear this uh, unusual sound to my left. It sounded like a rushing noise, a strange sound, a rushing noise. 
I kind of I couldn't move, but I kind of leaned backwards to see what ha- what was going on, and I could see Charlie Company men breaking out out of formation. Like you know, I I thought some something was going on over there, and I I don't know what it was, but then I could see this bright intense light coming down the dirt road, and I was telling myself, uh, it must be a helicopter or something like that. I don't know what it was. It's just bright, bright, white, bright light. And I could see Charlie Kipping men uh, breaking out of the formation. Some of them running away. Others were standing still. And uh, when I talk about that, I'm sorry, I get a little emotional, you know. But uh, when I, I want to take a better look at this thing. So I leaned forward. And by now, this this bright, intense light is uh, lowered to the ground. And I I was telling myself, well, it must be a truck coming down the dirt road. And I was about to say something to this guy who was talking to us just now, the tall guy. And I looked up, and he's asleep. I mean, he's standing there asleep. And and by now, this bright, intense light was you know, coming toward us. And I, I don't know what happened here, but I, I guess I became unconscious for about a few seconds. I, um, when I came to, I, I, I was aware of where I was standing, and I just couldn't move. It's like I was frozen, standing still. My buddy was on my right side, was standing in formation with me. He was already running out of formation. He was taken off. So I looked at him, and I turned to my right, and uh, I, I told him to come back and help me because I can't move. And I noticed there's other people standing around. The others were, like, running from formation, uh, taking cover underneath this cross space that the building has about two feet high. They're diving underneath this cross space, and others were running to the trees. So I told him, come back and help me. And when he did that, he had to pull me from where I was standing, and we started kind of yelling at each other, asking each other, where's the captain, where's the captain? Well, we knew where the captain was, so... We ran over there and we saw him. It was behind the podium. He's standing behind the podium asleep. And I yelled out loud to wake up, told him to wake up. He didn't. So I, I you know, I was surprised these things was happening so fast. And by now my buddy was turned around looking at, behind, well, he was looking at something behind me. I don't know what it was, but uh, his face looked like he just saw... Uh, uh, a dead person walking around or something, and his face was pale. His eyes were bulging out. So I grabbed his collar and grabbed his uh, um, his neckline, and I shook him. I shook him real hard, and I told him, this, don't look at it, don't look at it, whatever it was. I didn't see it. And he sort of came to and asking me what's going on. I told him, just take cover and run, run, run. You know, and we both started running. And a uh, guy, we went to the first building, and there's something crawling around in this uh, crawl space, and we didn't know what it was. And it got some dark shadows moving around there, and we both stopped. And I told him, to, hey, go get help and take cover. He said, I'm going to stay with you and see what this thing is. And it was one of us. He was crawling out the building, and he's screaming, what's going on with the captain? Mm-hmm. And uh, we told him, hey, the captain's asleep. There must have been some other people in the building because he was yelling at at them or something. You know, he was turned around yelling at somebody. And uh, we told him, yeah, just go back in there and just take cover, you know, just stay underneath the building. And we started, my buddy and I started running again to the second building. And uh, at the far end of the second building, there was uh, people at the far end. They were yelling our names and calling us to come over there. So we went over running over there. And we got underneath the building, and, and that's when the argument started because we didn't know what was going on, and things were happening so fast. We were arguing and cursing at each other, and uh, we thought it was the Russians, Russian invasion at that time. Because yeah, at that time, we were all been told the Russians are this and Russians are that all day long. And they got Russian pictures, Russian flags, you know. So we were screaming at each other, telling each other, it's the Russians, they invaded the United States, and <laughs> no, that was so crazy to think that. Um, by then, we could uh, um, hear screaming going on. High-pitched screams from the formation we were at. The guys we left behind there, they were screaming and stuff. Something was happening to them. And I, and one of the guys uh, who was in the cross space there with me, I said, 
I said something like, hey, we need to go out there and help these guys out. And he just turned around and says, no, no, they're already dead. I said, already dead? You know, I'm thinking, my God, this is, this is happening. This is real. By now, um, this Joe Sergeant, Joe Sergeant Santini, just started running from the, the first building, showed up out of nowhere. And he, he was waving his, arm and down, his arms up and down like he was going about to fly somewhere. And he's screaming for us to take cover, take cover, you know. And he started to run, and we lost him, and we lost him at the second building. And um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, at the uh, at the second building, at the yeah second building level, first building, we're looking up. There's a white ball that disappeared. Ball light disappeared, and it swooped down to his height, but six foot, raced after him, and we heard a, a slap and a thump. And we sent one of the guys to go see what happened, and he came back and said, hey, Sergeant Santini's on the sidewalk. He's out. Well, that, that, that kind of <laughs> told us that, where's the M16s? Where's the live ammo? We were going to arm ourselves. And we were arguing about that in, underneath this building and I don't know, this next thing happened is that uh, uh, there's bigger light, about the size of a, what, oh gosh, a building, uh, um, I guess, uh, downtown building that has large glass windows. These barracks has large glass windows, and this light was uh, pretty big. John, you and I have to take our commercial break with the news yeah. at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by. Are you okay? Yeah, I just get uh, kind of antsy and emotional about this. It must be hard reliving this. Well, sometimes I don't th- just don't talk about it, you know? All right. I'm glad, you're t- I'm glad you're sharing it with us tonight, John. Stand by. We'll be right back to you. John Vasquez is our special guest. We're talking about an incident at Fort Benning, Georgia, in September of 1977. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with more of this fascinating story live and around the world on Talkstar. If you've got kids, chances are sooner or later you're going to need dental help. And when you do, I hope you'll remember 1995dental.com. 1995dental.com tells you how to save about 50% on braces for your kids, similar savings on other services. Because this isn't insurance, there is no waiting period, no exclusion, no claim forms to fill out. You get instant savings from tens of thousands of dentists coast to coast. Unlike a lot of insurance policies... This discount program covers cosmetic dentistry, bonding, and cleaning. For the individual, it's $11.95 a month. But for the entire family, everyone who lives under your roof, regardless of age or relationship, it's $19.95 a month. Hence our name, 1995dental.com. Type in the numbers 1995, then the word dental.com. 1995dental.com will save you. Douglas James Cottrell, who has been called Canada's Edgar Casey, has just made available his latest CD, Douglas Cottrell 2012 Earth Changes, the first CD in the 2012 Prophecy series. This session features information gathered from the Akashic Records and a deep trance meditation session by Douglas James Cottrell in March of 2009. In this session, Douglas explains changes that have taken place in the Earth's core, changes to the Earth's poles, and the real reason why the polar caps are melting. Douglas also elaborates on increased volcanic and earthquake activity between now and 2012, including what, where, and when. To order your copy of Douglas Cottrell 2012 Earth Changes, visit his website at douglasjamescottrell.com or call toll-free 877-COTTREL. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. 
Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the X-Zone, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible and what might they do next? Find out more, X-Zone Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. doctor's power and his ancient tribal ways cruelly collide with the force and authority of modern Africa. Africa is viewed through myriad eyes. You will never forget these characters. A young girl forced to endure a painful, cruel, and antiquated tribal custom. The sole survivor of a vicious tribal massacre. A nun who endures physical assault that compels her to question her faith. A deprived, disadvantaged schoolgirl who is infected with HIV. The translucent soul of a murdered friend. Welcome to Africa's Unfinished Symphony. While the tale of South Africa in the wake of World War II is riveting, violent, and cruel, it is also brimming with stories of kindness, compassion, and courage. Africa's Unfinished Symphony highlights commanding characters who not only bring haunting racial clashes to life, but also convey the intense conflicts that existed between archaic customs and modern influences. You will be captivated as you follow the convoluted path of Farida of the ancients battling to become Bertha of the modern world. But are the outcomes of her struggle the best results for her and her beloved Africa? Africa's Unfinished Symphony will immerse you in historic African themes that will jolt you out of complacency and into compassion. For more information on how you can get your very own copy of Africa's Unfinished Symphony, visit www.luciaman.com. That's www.luciaman.com. Listening to Rob McConnell in the X Zone on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzoneradio.com. My name is Michael Telstar, Canada's leading mentalist from Toronto, Ontario. Hi, my name is Melinda, and you're listening to my dad, Ron McConnell, on the XM. This is Psychic Dorothy from St. Catharines, and you're listening to Rob McConnell. Hello, my name is Holly Reeves, an astrologer from Astro for You, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Georgia, 
In September 1997, that has kept Georgia on the mind of our guest of this hour, Exxon Nation. Don Vesquez is our special guest, and we're talking about an event at Fort Benning, Georgia, in September 1977. John, could you continue your story, please? And thanks for being with us tonight. Yes, um, thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Um, going back to the story, mm-hmm. I know I sound really anxious, but uh, you know, it's just I get into that mold and. It's not non-stopping. I mean, you know, I, I I was there, so you know, I know what happened to us. You rel- you relive it every time you talk yeah, about it. Yeah, it's like this happened last night. So, <laughs> um, again, I going back to this story. I remember lying on the ground and I'm looking up, and this bigger light just started cruising around on the first building, and I'm going, "This is not happening." This light was huge and intense, bright white light. And it was so bright that it was silhouetting all the frames in the building. So I'm going, wow, what is this? You know, I, I must be hallucinating this. And my buddy who was sitting, uh, laying next to me is, is asking me, John, what is it? What do you think this is? And I go, I don't know, but whatever it is, it's coming around the building. So uh, he asked, what do you want to do? And I said, well, you know, there's the... The building we're in, uh, underneath, it's really dark, so why don't we just crawl into the center of the building? So all of us did. So we went to the center of the building, stopped, and by now this this object parked itself in front of us. And it silhouetted the whole building. Illuminate the whole, gosh, it just illuminated everything, too. And uh, that's when I started hearing something. It sounds weird, unusual, and bizarre, but I my left forehead started to get cold, and there was pressure there. And I hear this female voice. It said, it's okay. Don't be afraid. Come out. And I'm going, whoa. It sounded like a metallic voice far away, but it's right there. And I'm asking the guys, do you guys hear this? Do you guys hear this? And they're all kind of looking at me like, uh, John, what's wrong with you, you know? And I heard it again. She said the same thing. And by now, I was telling the guys, and I told them, listen, let me go out there and see what this thing is. And, well, they kind of agreed, and uh, I started crawling out. There was another guy who followed me, but I told him to get, you know, just stay behind with the rest. And when I started crawling out of the building, I noticed something, something even more bizarre. Every time when I crawled, Closer and closer to uh, the grassy mall, my hands would disappear, vanish. Your hands would disappear? Yeah, invisible. I could feel the ground, mm-hmm. but I can't see my hands, both my hands. It's like maybe the light was so intense, it disappeared, uh, my hands would disappear. I don't know, that was kind of strange. Strange. Really. Yeah, it would disappear, and I could feel the ground. That's weird. And I, when I started crawling out, I felt this concrete sidewalk, and I felt that. But, and I went up on the grassy mall. I stood up, turned to my left, and this uh, huge, intense white light was sitting right in front of me. And I looked to my left, or down below to the left, and there was something small. It was in the light a little bit, but it was something small, screwy, right back into the light again. I don't know what that was, but it was—it's was, like a small thing. And uh, well, I wanted to shield my my uh, eyes from this brightness, so I looked at my left hand, and I see my hands now. And something hit my shoulder, and it sounded like a fuse being blown. And I go down, and I could hear one of the guys screaming my last name and reaching for me. So I reached back at him, and. Uh, I felt something else hit my back, and I became unconscious. And I don't, know, I don't know how long that was, but then when I noticed or heard something, um, there was a person on my left, another person on my right. There was a cover over me, 
and I was being lifted up like an ele- like in an elevator, and I was heading straight to this. Uh, uh, it looked like a doorway light. Something opened up, and I was the only one who was being lifted up from the ground too. There was other people going, coming up, other guys, other soldiers. And you were going up into this craft. Yeah, yeah, there was a door opened up or something in the sky. You know, the, the whole sky is dark. I don't see any stars. Mm-hmm. But then there's a bright light, like a door opened up, and we're heading right straight to it. I was, and so was the other guys. Uh, when I got there, well, I hear this uh, female voice again. Now, when you get there, you're inside the ship. Yeah, I was okay. inside the ship, and I... I, I could hear this uh, female voice again, and she asked me, how are you? How are you doing? Or something like that. And, I said, and I'm thinking, what? what? You know, I didn't say nothing. I was just, I guess, talking to her from her mind or something. And I, I was going, what do you mean by how am I doing? You know, <laughs> that's a strange question to ask, and I'm going through all this. And uh, she said, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. Just lay still and... Uh, would take care of you. So, you know, I don't know how long I was out, but uh, once in a while I would uh, wake up or something, and I, uh, all of a sudden when I did that, uh, I turned to my left, my face to my left, and I see rolls of guys lying on metal slabs. And this place was huge. It's like walking into a mall. Wow. Um, and uh, there was rows and rows of guys, like, in line, but it was kind of curved, circular. And I'm looking at these guys, going, God, what is this? What's going on here? You know? And uh, uh, she came back, and uh, she pointed her finger, long finger at me, and she said, go to sleep. So I passed out right there. I think she didn't want me to see what was going on. What was going on? Um, examination, roll by roll, one person at a time, like a conveyor belt, you know, mm-hmm. next one, next one, you know, and uh, I'm out for a while, and then uh, next day I remember, after she pointed her finger at me, is that I'm sitting up, and I'm looking at this um, unusual, oh, terrifying look, uh, it was a male bean or something, uh, the hideous part is that his his uh, cranium, his head, had lumps on it, huge lumps, like bumps, you know. And uh, I'm looking at him. He's telling me, look into my eyes, and you'll be fine. And I go, no, I'm not looking into your eyes. I don't know who you are. I don't know what's going on here. I must be hallucinating all this, you know. And he says, no, 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 just look into my eye, and uh, you'll be fine. So I'm kind of looking into his eyes, and three images came to my mind, like a picture. One was myself standing in the middle of the ocean. I mean, thousands of miles all around me, there was no land. I'm just standing in the middle of the ocean. And the next one was I was in my room, or not my room, but in some huge room, and there was lights flickering off and on, different lights. And I'm seeing this uh, window, huge window, glass window, like a, Mm -hmm. I don't know, viewpoint right and uh i'm looking at this planet being destroyed exploding and uh you know a lot of people ask me well you think that was earth john i go no i had the impression that they were telling me that was their planet their planet was being destroyed and they were looking for another one. And I think they found it here. Now, when they were communicating with you telepathically, um, did you feel as if you were in any imminent danger? Did you feel as if there was safety aboard this craft? Well, actually, you know, they were in control. Mm-hmm. And what they wanted to do was to take us in control. So, you know, basically, um, I felt um, actually... No, no kind of um, um, hostile environment at all, or hostile feeling from these guys. Because when I was looking at the, this one point where this viewpoint was, and, and I get the impression that they were telling me that was our planet, and we, we were looking for another one. 
you know, and then and like I like I said, they they did find one, which is here. How long are they going to stay? I don't know. They might not even stay at all. But they did find another place to go to, far away from here. So how long were you aboard this craft? Um, well, um, if I can mention the, the third image I saw. Oh, please, yeah. Yeah, uh, the third image was a, a humanoid. He had a white dressing on. looked like a hat. Mm-hmm. Um, his uh, face was all pale, white pale, uh, like uh, paste, white paste face, long, narrow uh, chin, mm-hmm. long, narrow nose, eyes uh, um, like a humanoid. It wasn't slanted or huge, just regular humanoid, no eyebrows, um, but his eye, eyes were like silver or mercury. Wow. Yeah, weird-looking humanoid. So when that was over, the next thing I remember is that all of us, each and every one of us, 1,300 men, officers, sergeants, everybody, we're back in formation again. So let let me just uh, see if I understand this. All 1,300 members of A, B, C, and D Company were taken into this craft. Yes, I think so. Yeah, well, I mean, something happened to us. I mean, we were we're in this huge mall. I mean, this mall was like, you've seen a mall. You can walk in and, and it's about two, geez, uh, three or four stories high, and we're all laying on metal slabs, and uh, it's like a straight line, but a curve to... To your right, a little bit, like in circuit, like in a circle. Oh, all right. So you end up back in formation, uh-huh. and I'm just hurrying it on a little bit because we're running out of time. What yeah. happened when you got back into formation? When we got back in formation, and we, you know, our sergeants were telling us go go back to your barracks, and I, I'm thinking, hey, where's the captain's speech? He never made a speech, and we lost all of us lost our balance. The ground, the the ground came up on us. For hmm. me, it did. I fell over. When I got up and I was asking what happened, they were, everybody was saying, yeah, we all fell down, and we started walking back to our barracks. Some of us got sick, and uh, I looked at my watch, and it said 7.30, and I asked my buddy what time it was, and he said, oh, no, it's uh, 3.30. Uh, he asked his friend, he said, no, 4.45, all night long, all morning. We walked back to our barracks, and everybody had this bizarre behavior i never seen this bizarre before it was weird i mean some guys went to bed with this flashlight on and uh mm-hmm. the covers over them and some guys would pop up screaming i just saw a face in a wall and screaming and turning the lights off and on and john is it possible that that all of you were part of some sort of experiment, psychological experiment, performed by the staff at Fort Benning? You know, that's a good question you asked because I checked that and, uh, you know, I had to jump way to the last week of uh, September. Now, we're jumping across um, pretty, like, three weeks to jump, okay? Yeah. And, um, yeah, we uh, the last week of September, not mentioning the other rest of the thing that happened to us, uh, in, in between the month of uh, September, um, this female officer came by, very petite. She had about, what, five or six uh, drill sergeants that we never seen before, and they were like ex-football players, you know, 6'6", six, 6'8", six, 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 and wherever she went, they followed her around. And we're kind of surprised to see her around because she's female, and there's no female around in our post. And... Um, well, we wanted to find out what she was all about, and a couple of days later, we got the word that she was a, a psychiatrist. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and then she wanted to talk to all of us, and I told myself, no, she's not going to be talking to me, no way, uh-uh. But, uh, well, three days later, I was sitting in a, um, was it a pool room, playing pool and watching TV, and uh, I walked out, and I was walking down the stairway, and... Here she comes with one of my buddies. And normally he would have said something like, Hey, John, what's going on? You know, what you've been hearing or something like that. But uh, this time he just uh, looked at her and she looked at him and uh, 
he just walked away. John, stand by. We've got to take a break. We'll be right okay. back. John Vescuas is our special guest. A very interesting story. This goes back to September 1977 in Fort Benning in Georgia. The name of this book is entitled Incident at Fort Benning. It's available on Amazon.com. John and I will return on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. We'll be back after this break. The most famous television documentary ever produced was Victory at Sea, which was as noted for the swelling musical score by Richard Rogers as the amazing footage from World War II gathered from over 13,000 hours of footage from U.S., British, German, and Japanese navies. RetroTelevision.com offers you 26 episodes of Victory at Sea, stunningly reproduced on DVD for just $19.95. The original 26 episodes are presented uncut with every note of Richard Rogers' original score for just $19.95. To take advantage of this offer, go online to www.RetroTelevision.com. That's R-E-T-R-O, Retro Television, you got to spell out television.com. Or go to TalkStarRadio.com to get your set of Victory at Sea episodes for just $19.95. Are you getting tired of all the bad news? Well, then take a break from the worries of the world and play the love game. It's time to focus on what is really important in our lives, our relationships. You deserve more love, happiness, and harmony in your life. Synchro Hearts is the new hot relationship game that guarantees more love, laughter, and romance for you and your partner. It's not a sex game. It's a love game based on all the important relationship stuff like better communication, more intimacy, and lots of fun and excitement. Great intimacy is just one of the benefits of playing Synchro Hearts. Now, President Obama inspires hope, love, and peace for the world. Synchro Hearts offers more hope, love, and harmony for relationships. To order your very own edition of Synchro Hearts, visit Synchro Hearts' website now at www.synchrohearts.com. That's www.synchrohearts.com. Synchro Hearts. It's the game you love to play and play to love. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com.
Vasquez is our special guest. We're talking about the UFO incident and abduction of 1,300 members of the ABCD company at Fort Benning on September in on September in 1977. John, I've got about three and a half minutes left. Can we wrap up the story? Yeah, I'll make it really fast. And what happened next to me is that when she came up the stair, I saluted mm-hmm. and she saluted. Next thing, what she did was unbelievable. She just took my left hand and jabbed me with something like a needle, and I was under drug-induced hypnosis. Wow. And she asked me all kinds of questions about what happened that night. And the last thing she asked, uh, she also got personal questions, but uh, the last thing she told me is that, John, you're going to forget everything you remember about this event. Well, how she did that, she used her um, index fingers. One, uh, she put one on the left temple, right temple, and she squeezed real hard. And I know I was screaming, don't do this, I'm, part of me will die. But uh, she did it anyway, and uh, gosh, the next thing I remember, I stood up, and she's standing in front of me, and she's screaming, what are you doing here, soldier? Let's go back to work. And I'm saluting, and I'm going, well, I forgot everything. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was gone. <laughs> you know, everything was blocked off. And Is I that... did contact some of the, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, sir. Yeah, I did contact some of the people that was there in uh I found my sergeant and my captain, and I asked them questions about the formation. They couldn't remember anything, but there's one thing I found. There was a down chopper that was on fire, and I got that information from uh, Fort Workers, Alabama. I said, do you remember that uh, down chopper that was on fire? Uh, no. They couldn't remember that. I mean, that's like asking someone if they remember that their house on fire, mm-hmm. you know? And um, also, if anybody else wants to find out what I'm to the post, they re-landscaped everything. They took, torn everything down, put something else on there. And now they got brand new buildings, and you're not going to believe what I'll tell you. They're called starships. 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 Brand new buildings. Everything's inside. Cafeteria, everything. Barracks. They're called starships. John, do you have a website people can go to? I'm sorry, sir? Do you have a website? Uh, no, I don't. I don't have a website. I wish I would. Gosh, I'm I'm trying to get myself built up here, mm-hmm. and I've been working at, at this for 15 years. But you know, you know how it goes. I mean, you got to have res- uh, resources, do all these things, and I like to do this so that way people will know what's going on with this, mm-hmm. and not not just shake it off and just say, ah, oh, it's one of those stories. You know, it's one of those uh, huh, big deal stories or something like that. But you know, I, I investigated this. I got paperwork. I got people talking. I've been on, oh, gosh, a bunch of shows, and uh, I got a book out, and uh, I've been on magazines and also Reader Magazine here in San Diego, and, you know, I'm working on this. I'm working on keep working on just the resources that I've John, got. you and I are going to have to say so long for now, but I'm going to bring you back on in a couple of weeks because I have a whole bunch of questions I'd like to ask you. Oh, yes, sir. John, take care of yourself. Thanks very much for yeah, joining us tonight. Thank you very much. Have a good night. You too now. John Bye. Vasquez, the name of the book is, do you have your pencils and paper ready? You sure do. Incident at Fort Benning, and it's available at Amazon.com. Once again, that's Incident at Fort Benning, and it's available at Amazon.com. When we come back from the news at the top of the hour, I will be joined by Robert Lee Camp right here on the Talk Star Radio Network in the X-Zone. Don't go away. More to come.